Hey everyone. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast that's focused on telling fun, character-driven stories. Now, what does that mean? Well, to keep it simple, we sit down at our desks, log in online, and pretend to be someone we're not for a little while, all the while recording it to share with you. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy, second by second, line by line. Follow along as our players pretend to be small-town adventurers, doing their best to put some good into the world. And my favorite part about all this is that we have no idea what will happen next. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with. Oh, who am I kidding? It's Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Now, we loosely rely on this system to tell our own stories, independent of the lore and problematic content that comes out of the box with Dungeons & Dragons especially in its own world lore. In short, this just means that we use the game system and some dice to decide what happens next to our characters, not some story or some world that someone else has written for us. I wonder what'll happen this week. Who knows? Let's roll the dice and find out what happens next, together. Right now? Okay, right right now. All right. God. I'm recording locally. Like every too. other podcast, we all try to do the clap thing, and it doesn't work out. And then we keep it in, because it's funny. I don't, I don't get why people, do, why they all do the claps. It never works. Yeah, you know, I try it, and it doesn't work. But I did just start recording locally. I didn't realize. My bad. Oh, no, you're just fine. I have a I have a backup running through my OBS, so it, it captures everything anyway. Um, usually for these, I just leave it as two tracks, and we're good. Um, okay, cool. Is everybody here and ready? Uh, I, Captain. Rob? Were we... Oh, yeah, not... sorry, oh, No, yes, no problem. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so before we get into the whole bits of the episode, um, I'd like to introduce you guys to Dan. Feel free. Introduce yourself. Hello. What do you do? Oh, me? Who um, are you? <laughs> <laughs> How did you get in here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dan. I, I do a podcast, um... That's that's who I am. That's it. That's it. I do art too. Also, sometimes. You you want to plug your podcast? <laughs> do I want to plug my podcast? You can. You don't um, have to. <laughs> Maybe it could be a mystery. Maybe they can find it just with my name alone. Oh, scavenger hunt. No, I, it's the last tapestry. <laughs> you can find us at the last tapestry on Twitter. Yes. There you go. It's a great show. Phenomenal. Thank you. I'm constantly laughing at it. Not not bad laughing, like laughing. Oh God, that sounded awful. Wait, hold on. Why why do you need to plug in your your podcast? It does it not run on batteries? Oh my goodness! Get out! Get out. And that's that's our um, relative wizard introducing himself. Good, you know the drill. Attack it. Hello, I'm Sun Dragon, and I play O'Reilly. That that that's it. That's it. And last but not least, hi, I'm Rob, and I play Haley. Woo! Wow, that was crisp. Knocking him out of the park here, guys. Um, yeah, so <laughs> we've all gathered here today for a fun little world building episode that Twitter has kind of decided for us. We are going to quickly, in about an hour, craft a New Year's holiday. Um, Twitter has demanded that it is also a cozy holiday, so that's kind of a prerequisite. So whatever holiday we make, everyone uses nice fuzzy blankets, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, I think a cool way to, that we can start this off is talking a little bit about Aspiron. There's something that comes up every once in a while um, at the kind of fringes of the lore that we dig into, but there are 12 months in every year of Aspiron, um, the ringed planet. That's very similar to Earth. Now... What makes it unique is that the months are decided by what moon you can see in the sky. There's 12 of them, all suspended in the rings around the planet. And the final month, um, it's a month of superstition because a lot of the people in the world believe that there is a, an invisible moon that takes your secrets. That moon is kind of attached to a god. 
and through collective belief now there might be a moon there there might not nobody really knows but that kind of signifies the end of the year you have 12 months a moon shows up every month and then at the very end you have a period where there's no moon and only the rings in the sky and then when you see the next moon come up that means the year has turned over each moon is associated with one of the different divine gods of Asperon. We don't really need to get into them right now because they're not super important to the turn of the year. With that being said, do you guys have any questions about Asperon, about maybe the new year, or like things that catch your attention? If you don't, that's fine. I can edit this out. <laughs> I do have a quick question. Can yes. you actually repeat that part about um, what kind of signifies, like what what about the moon signifies the new year can you repeat so that? what i had imagined um again this is a little bit in flux because we can we're making a holiday for it um is that you have the final month where there is no moon in the sky but everyone or a lot of people should i say believe there is one there and in Asperon, collective belief has power so there might actually be a moon there um that you can't see with that in mind i'd like to work with all of you to kind of nail down what signifies the new year um logically my gut went to oh well you have a period where there's no moon, so when you see the next moon starting to show up, the year has turned over, because the final month of the year doesn't have a moon. But it doesn't have to be that, necessarily, to denote like what could be the new year. I think a fun way to start this off, now that I've kind of got the background of it out of the way, is could each of you maybe tell me what you think makes a good holiday tradition, like something that you enjoy doing from a particular holiday. It could be, you know, like making food, traveling to a place, giving gifts, or just self-isolating. <laughs> like whatever you whatever you enjoy about, you know, a celebration, like what makes it awesome <laughs> or fun or cozy. Well, I have one question before we get into that. Yeah, sure. Do we want this to be a positive or a negative holiday? Mm, I think we can do a little bit of both. If we'd like, because it could be um, Passover, it could be Christmas. If we're good about this. Twitter, Twitter <laughs> has only stipulated that it is cozy, but you can be scared and cozy at the same time. So, well, the fear obviously keeps you warm. It's <laughs> <laughs> the blood rush. I mean, we could look at it as similar to like some sort of like Passover holiday, whereas like because the new, they think it's a secret moon, it's like you know nefarious, it's dark. You need to gather your loved ones and keep them close so you can see, you know, see them through this. Mm -hmm. Something might be taking a certain family member or it could be, you know, something comes at that period of time because the moon isn't there. Mm -hmm. I kind of like that idea. So like people gathering, um, not necessarily under duress, but like to collectively appreciate that something feel something isn't right. Um, in a sense, or honor that, you know, this time of year isn't normal compared to the rest of it, right? I like the idea that they might be celebrating the uh, having no moon. So by celebrating, do you mean like, let's pop the bottles off these beers and get turnt or like a bit of reverence? That could just depend on the region, obviously. Mm -hmm. But like um, how like Santa is for christmas or you know um what if they had their own kind of like low like you know logo for this holiday could be like a ring and the emptiness in the ring that emptiness Ooh. like the hole is the where a moon should be but it isn't i love that yeah i do really like that i don't know why uh something about like passover and it going from like a a scary a scary situation to a cool one made me think and I know it's not supposed to be scary, but I'm personally very scared of of Mari Lloyd, <laughs> like that little that horse skull that tells jokes. Um, the Welsh one. Are you familiar? Welsh joke skull. I'm in Google. <laughs> it like carols to you or something. It, oh, wait, I've <laughs> yeah. seen it. OK, I've seen memes of this thing. Um, yeah. What it tell us about it a little bit, at least the, the little bit or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I admittedly don't know much. I just know that I'm personally terrified of it, but you, it carols to you and you have to carol back in order to make it go away, I think. Um, oh. but <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's fun and it is cozy and it's like, you know, it's just like a fun, cozy thing, but it, I, it's a skull. So it's, it's scary. So it's like that kind of makes me think of whatever this, this spooky invisible moon, <laughs> maybe that has some kind of form that's spooky. Yeah. 
No, so I love the idea of like maybe a piece of this is so in my notes I have a section that's for a little bit later called Let's Build a Cryptid because I, I personally love the idea of a spooky holiday cryptid. Um, and that feels right. My first gut reaction to that is immediately like if this cryptid comes to your place and like you said, you, if it sings carols at you and you have to sing them back or it won't go away. What if this this final moon at the end of the year, um, the superstitious types tie it into the God of Secrets, which that belief eventually created a God of Secrets, you know, like this hidden truth. And what if for the cryptid, when it comes to you, you have to give it a secret in order for it to leave? Oh, I like that. I also like incorporating the ring in somehow, like yeah, maybe yeah. The, like the ring is maybe not a part. It could be a part of this, like you could give it a ring or... Um, or like leave a leave a ring under your doormat, some some kind of thing like that. Um, but I do also like telling it a secret. That's really cool. Yeah. What if what if the lore behind it is something is stolen, like the god of secrets itself, whatever the moon from the rings, and to lure it back or to get it back, you have to trade your own secrets. So people lay on their tables or in their square like a ring with like a paper or something that their secrets on it as trade. I I was gonna say yeah. What if they uh did like a bonfire and they wrote their secrets on like a piece of paper or something and then they threw it in the fire so like so the the, the key things i love this i love all this because we're getting community we're getting gathering and we're kind of getting still the spoop which is great um because i like the idea of like a spoopy any kind of spoopy holiday is good good for me so we have people gathering trading secrets or things of that nature and we want to incorporate a ring. I love the idea, like you had mentioned, like a fire ring, like having a fire, but also a fire ring also has that kind of, you know, hole in the center. So we have a community gathering around a fire. What are some other things tangential to like this gathering at the fire that you think would be cool? Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be like world building things. It could just be like, oh, I as a human being, I love this kind of thing. And then we can try and find a way to sculpt it into this kind of celebration. You could add in that, like, this is a night, this is like the night of preparation where you build up, you gather your secrets and like, you know, you offer them up. And then the next day is just a day to like, kind of let your secrets out. It's a whole moment of like, you know, confessing to others, love confessions. I stole your, uh, or I stole your stuff gun things or whatever. Ooh. It's like a whole truthful day. I kind of like the idea of like they spend an entire day like preparing for the festival and gathering up your secrets. That's really cool. And there's a lot of like ritual in that. And then maybe as the, you know, the I'm using air quotes over here, but you can't see it. The midnight, so to speak, when the year turns over, maybe it's the new moon starts to peak or maybe it's a specific time of night. They ignite these like secret offer. Maybe they offer them to the fire and then the next day is all about letting that like you as a person letting the letting it out. So it's like not necessarily, you know, a New Year's Eve kind of thing where you like celebrate up to New Year's Eve. And then the next morning is just almost another day. Maybe it's like a two day event. So you like you the you have the night before as a build up. And then the next day is this kind of release. I like um I don't know why I like the weird consumerism about holidays. Mm. Um. So for me, that's I, I automatically go to sweets. So I was thinking like bakers traditionally for the New Year's will make donut pastries because they're the rings. And so on the New Year's Eve, they would have that to celebrate. And then the next day, <clears throat> the next day could be the if continuing uh, celebrations, they still have the hole from the donuts they made mm -hmm. and they would just they instead of actually making people pay for that, though, they would give them out for free as like a, oh, this is the moon. Ha <laughs> ha And everybody can just. Yeah. Oh, like and it's a little moon. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So the ring is the the donut in you can call it whatever you want. The donut. Hole. Um, the donut is the um, is the absence of the moon. And they give that on the eve. And then the next day they just give out for free the donut holes oh i love this that is so cool and i i honestly i was thinking like why would they give them out for free but i would i would argue that the donut holes at that point are probably stale ish so they would be they wouldn't fetch any kind of price and they're small so they would probably just hand them out for treats for like kids 
And it's just like a really nice thing to do. Quick rapid fire. Does anyone here not like donuts? I'll take your silence as a no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't want to ask this question and then have somebody singled out and they're like, mm, I don't like donuts. Um, everyone, what is your favorite donut? If you have one. Blueberry. 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 Yeah. Oh, mine's also blueberry cake. Wait, blueberry cake? Like cake donut? <laughs> it's like, a cake. It's yeah. a cake donut. Yes, what? cake donut. Well, oh my mm -hmm. god. No. Oh my god. No, my no. I know. I come on. I'm, the rock that I live under is very big. No, you know, there's two types of donuts, right? Like, you know, the traditional donut you're probably thinking of. And then the other ones, like, have you ever had an Edmonds donut plug? They should pay us for this. <laughs> Yo, you're, you're you're fucking cracking my brain open here like an egg. But you know the... Have, have you had one of those Edmonds donuts? No. What? Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> have you ever heard of Edmonds? I know the name, but I have no idea what that is. Oh no! You're breaking my brain. <laughs> I'm exposed. I thought everybody would have had some of the, some sort of thing about Edmonds donuts. Okay, blueberry, blueberry cake donuts. Did you not go to school? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not. Clearly not. I've sat at home playing D&D &D all the time. That's not uh, a bad life. Uh, Rob, how about you? What is your, if you have a favorite donut? Uh, coffee roll donut. Coffee roll. Ooh. It's just a massive donut with wanna, cinnamon. I want to say that's not a donut. How dare you? <laughs> I want to say. And yeah, an hold on. For, okay, so for, <laughs> for the, the clarifications of Asperon, is it a round pastry with a hole in the middle? Maybe. It can't. No hole. No it hole. It is a round pastry. All right, it's a round pastry. That's absolutely fine. As long as it's got that circle thing going on. Like, we're not dishing out square donuts. Because then it fits into the whole ring aesthetic, and we're right there. So I just wrote those down, so those will be... So they don't have, like, a like a Boston cream donut or anything like that? That's, like, a rectangle? Oh, my God. Bismuth cream. Bismuth cream. Because <laughs> there's a city called New Bismuth. I, I was just curious. I was just... You said no square donuts, but that's a rectangle. Hmm... We'll figure that out. That's like, for yo. the third day. The third day is when you eat all of the not circle-shaped donuts. All the failures. All the yeah, failures. Yeah. Oh, so for like the next week, everyone is getting weird donuts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so maybe we can fold this into the day before, because like that could be a family tradition, right? Where like you get together with your friends and get drunk, hang out, do whatever you want, but like maybe you make the dough. Like you, maybe that's part of the tradition, like where you make your, like, it's kind of like the, you know, the Christmas cookie thing. You get together with your family, mm -hmm. decorate them, paint them, do whatever you want. Uh, why would you paint them? Um, <laughs> it's clearly been a long day. You paint them with frosting. All right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you caught that very, very low ball <laughs> and passed it back. Yeah. So like we tie in the donuts. So it's like part of a family gathering thing. Um, does anybody else have a favorite thing they like about holidays? So we have this like weird consumerism, which we've turned into like a donut frenzy. I always like an aspect of like a little bit of mischief that might go along with like the darker side of it. Mm -hmm. So like for this specific, it could be that like whatever stole the God of secrets is trying to like, like, like the entire thing is you're, like people are just going around trying to take your secrets. So you got to guard them. So no one finds out of them before the event. Mm. So so guard your secrets before the ceremony. I wonder, oh, so let's, the, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was wondering what the physical secrets were. Mm, yeah, let's nail that down. What if they're in the donut holes? <laughs> I was thinking, put them in like a king yeah. cake. Yeah, like a I was what? thinking that too. Like a king cake? Oh God, you guys are fucking ripping my brain apart. No, here. I, I, I'm with you, I'm with you on there. <laughs> what's a, all right, so what's a king cake? A king cake, um, it happens, oh gosh, when is that one? Is that around Mardi Gras? Um, I don't remember. But that one is where you, there is like a little baby, like a little baby figurine in the cake. And whoever gets the baby has to buy the cake next year. Okay, oh. that's interesting. I was thinking yeah. more of like a fortune cookie, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, pro probably more like a fortune cookie would be better yeah. for a piece of paper, but... Well, that's the thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be a piece of paper, right? Like your secret could, could be spiritually. Oh, it could be in, imparted into anything. That's what makes magic cool. Yeah, then, or it could be like a little ring you make. Like you, oh, you like making rings could also a be a little ring. Oh, that's so good. You know what? Be super dope is like um oh man, like the uh, mages 
they uh they would put like a magic mouth what is it called magic mouth <laughs> and say their secrets onto something that could be a thing people do it's also the image of a mouth uh, a ring with a mouth on it is awful in every way yeah i'm thinking like uh i'm thinking like colleges like mage colleges bard colleges and, and stuff like that would do stuff like that because they're just like we're better than writing pieces writing a piece of paper <laughs> oh this is so cool okay so we have these little cakes that you make maybe that's the offering right um so originally we had like there was a bonfire you know my first gut reaction this is back when it was written on a piece of paper is you burn it in the fire but i kind of so part of me doesn't like the idea of the secret itself being written down so that anybody can read it because that kind of defeats the whole point of it right um because it's supposed to be you willingly giving up your secret um do you do do we like the idea of like the king like this little cake this secret cake uh i'm just going to call it a king cake for now but i don't want to take just like straight up take that from maybe a newer like, it's a ring cake ring cake oh. okay i like that <laughs> okay um almost a donut <laughs> i would just i don't know i like the way things evolve so like i was thinking like it could have evolved from like outright doing what we we're saying like having the bonfire and whatnot and you're just shouting out your secrets to writing your secrets on pieces of parchment and throwing it into the fire to the ring cakes yeah yeah like it's a generational thing so it gets misinterpreted a little bit each time until we get this weird consumeristic <laughs> version of it i like that i love that a lot because then we have this kind of generational piece of it like right everybody there are some maybe there's some old people in like you know old and storied people in town who still do it the old way and you're like holy crap wanda from two doors down you just shouted all your secrets into the street that's wild <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else is like making these little things and baking them into stuff oh that's so cool i do like that or um but like maybe druids or you know wood folk they maybe carve their like have this huge tree stump kind of and like they'll carve their or they'll write their secrets on a piece of paper and then nail it to like that tree stump Ooh. in secret so no one knows whose secret it is oh it's just there and it's just there, you know, kind of like how people put the locks on the uh, on, in in Paris. Is it is it Paris where they put it's the Paris. locks? Yeah, it's a little bridge. Kind of like that, but it's just like for only only you would only see that in a wooded like community because anywhere else it doesn't really make sense that just you just have a big huge tree stump. Yeah, I love this, and th this brings up a new interesting point: is like how. You know, people who aren't in a place that is easily adaptable to this kind of consumerism, like one place could do donuts, another place like more out in the wilderness, more out in nature, away from the consumeristic kind of city place might pin their secrets to, like you said, a stump because it has the rings in it. Mm -hmm. So we have like different interpretations of this, but like it seems like the core is you pin your secrets to the ring and then offer it up, which I absolutely love about that. Um, so to, to get back into the mischief part, cause this is where Rob had mentioned, like adding a little bit of mischief, like protecting your secret, right? But what might be a consequence for you losing your secret before the ceremony? It doesn't have to be a literal consequence and it doesn't have to be necessarily true one. What if it's, there isn't an actual consequence. It's just, it's part of the lore mm -hmm. that instead of it being like you, like people are trying to steal it or whatever, there's all, there's been people like this, like somehow it's some sort of like. They per you can purchase secrets from people like whatever nonsense. It's always someone you have to trust not to sell it out though, like to, not to give it to everyone else or the person that ne can't know it. Mm -hmm. The like there's a cryptid or whatever that goes around, and if he's the one who bought your secret, that you know like whatever negative would come from that. Ooh, so it's like the crypt, like so maybe that's an element of the cryptid is like hold your secret and covet it because if you don't offer it up, someone may be able to do something bad with it. Um, I love that it's part of the superstition because um, then they're like, no, no, hold it. You have to keep it and take care of it and then release it. Um, I was going to say, um, what if if you don't give away the secret or mm -hmm. before the ceremony, what if the cryptid takes away a memory associated with that secret? 
but like everybody else remembers so if if like you told um if your best friend was there and the secret is uh you you stole a pie from from mike and you don't so you have that secret but you lost it and you or you just didn't do it or forgot to do it and then the cryptid could take that memory of you taking stealing of you stealing the pie and you would never remember it but your your best friend might come up to you and just reminiscing and be like hey you remember that one time you stole mike's pie and you'd just be like i did not do that i have no idea what you're talking about hmm. and it it's weird it's almost tangible in a way but yeah not. yeah which could again it doesn't necessarily have to be literal it could be you know part of the superstition um so i like the idea we have don't trade your secrets because you know the cryptid might take them and do something with it um and if you don't offer up your secret you'll lose something that's tied to it is there any other consequences that y'all would like to add to this maybe or anything you can think of that'd be like because we've got so we have like the day of preparation we have you know the family gathering and we have like the ceremony of giving up giving up your secret and kind of the consequences of that is there anything else that you would something that you think feels missing something that comes to mind things that you really enjoy about holidays because i feel like a lot of this is nice we do have some of the cozy but we could use more cozy uh, I think games would be fun. Like just from what I've been hearing so far, maybe something like, uh, like two truths and a lie, or oh my gosh, what was, what's the other one that like made me think of this? Oh gosh, it is wildly fitting yeah. that you picked that, considering the secret thing I can't tell the audience. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because that game was played <laughs> by you know who. <laughs> Um, oh man! They literally played it in an episode. That's absolutely <laughs> magical. I love this. So, two truths and a lie is definitely a game. So, let's get a game from everybody. Ring toss, <laughs> of course. Oh, like Too carnival easy. games. Consumerism. Yep, that's your brand this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How can I profit off this holiday or make it fun for children? I can't think of a game that fits this. I mean, we have, there's plenty of spherical carnival games, like throw the ball in the thing, um, throw the ring on the, on the bottle. Like we have that kind of nailed down. Um, oh man, I would love to invent a game around this holiday. That would be cool. Yeah. I, I, I'm just toying with the idea of, uh, of the, of the missing. So like, oh, what do you mean? The, the missing clarify that if you could um well the missing the missing moon there's no moon right oh yes, yes. Like, what if there's a game that was specifically created for this holiday that children just it's more like a kid's game obviously but that kids play and i'm like huh. is it maybe it could be some form of hide and seek oh wait no what if instead of it being a game that's part of the tradition mm-hmm. it's a age gap thing where like trick or treat Kids are supposed to go around, and they're the ones you're supposed to give the secrets to as a as a, as an adult. And the kids are so, and like the uh, lore behind it would be the kids are trying to find the moon, the one who found the moon or stole the moon. Man, I have a god of secrets and a hidden moon, and somehow it never occurred to me anywhere that someone might believe that the god stole the moon, and that's why it's gone. I absolutely love that. <laughs> yeah. What if like what if um the adults kind of gather and just like choose a random person to be it to be the person that stole the moon and they have basically their tasks with like i don't know baking goods and stuff for the kids and then on the day of or whenever they play this they go around yeah and trying to collect the secrets to find out who is the person to uh steal the moon and when they find that person when they go to their house or wherever they live, their reward is the sweets or something. Ooh, so what if? I actually, oh, sorry. I was just going to no, say that I really love that. And I love the idea of incorporating kind of like there is like an alternate to this, um, to this god of secrets who stole the moon or whatever, this figure, this cryptid, that there is like another side of it, like this person who wants to get it back, I guess. Like, I mean, a mythical 
kind of like holiday adjacent person like so they're the good side of it oh, they're like opposite the, of the cryptid yeah 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 sorry okay. uh, like something like gotcha. that like they're the person who's like trying to get it back and then like i guess it's kind of an honorary for whoever is chosen in this um in this fun game or, or whatever that was just being described like i i love this so what if one thing that is like fun about a lot of these other things like the games is like the um competition of it all what if it's like you have the kids go around from house to house getting sweets like pastries and everyone has a little secret in it you know like the, the mcdonald's kind of toy not literally not like that but i mean like it's it's a nice little surprise in the sweets that they get and one sweet in town has a little moon type thing in it and whatever kid finds that they get to be the hero for the festival. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Aww. thinking... That's so cute. <laughs> I'm thinking of, like, Santa Claus, and the inverse is Krampus. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Mm -hmm. Something like that. So, so I like, like yeah, the... Whoever I... wins is the Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. For that year. So it's like, it's the person who found the moon. Um, What do we want to call that person? <laughs> Two random name generator. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you have an actual name for the God of Secrets? Let's double check my document. I actually don't think I do. Um, I've intentionally not made one, I think, because it's a God of Secrets. So it would be the person that found the moon from the God. Oh, yeah, it, this this entity does not actually have a name, which I think is kind of fitting. Um, like, no one knows their name. And would it be, like, the most famous that would have found the secrets then? Just as, like, a nice little opposite? So, like, a famous... You know, I think we're getting a little into the weeds here. Um, just because it's a lot of, like, nitty-gritty detail, and I want to avoid that. Yeah, I feel like that's something you can... Yeah, yeah, that's on. something we can figure out. So, basically... You just need to know that there is an anti-cryptid. A portion of this is people in town making sweets and putting a little secret in them. Um, and the kind of theme is that that secret is somehow ring-based, like, circular um in a sense with a hole in the middle um another element of this holiday is that these kids are going around collecting treats like collecting treats like a trick-or-treat kind of deal now do we want the, the the pastries with the secrets and the paste and the sweets that the kids are getting to be tied together or are they two separate things that are part of this holiday i kind of like it I being like two separate things because like putting your secret into a thing and then giving it to a kid is kind of weird I, yeah, I could be, feel like that could just be regional based. Mm -hmm. Some people do that, some people don't. I was gonna say it could just be like the gener like the generation thing where the a kid's not gonna have like that re like a real secret. Mm -hmm. So that's their part of participating in the holiday. They go around finding it. Whereas the festival at night, because they're all asleep, is the real holiday for adults and whatnot. Yeah. Okay. So it's like a, a day thing for the kids. Like the, you go to the mm. festival, they have all the games and maybe there's like a contest or something that's associated mm. with the festival. I, I like the idea of like kids going around and finding things that are scattered throughout the festival by adults that represent secrets. And there's like one that's, I hate to use this. Yeah, I'm not even going to use this reference. Fuck her. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will edit this out, but the golden snitch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but like there's this this one secret that is the most valuable of them all um, for the kids to find, like these secret little trinkets and stuff. So we have all that. And then the end of the night, you offer your secrets. How did we want to put that part in a bow tie? Because um, they're making the secrets are kind of represented by like a pastry that you have. Right. Because you're going to eat the donut holes tomorrow. That's kind of how it works. Um, do you offer it to someone else? Do you offer it to this kind of inconsequential thing? Or do you offer it to the person, like to someone that the secret is about? Like I stole your pie, like you're admitting it and then letting that thing be in the air. So it's like a you're starting your year with a fresh start. What do we think? Mm, I like that one, the last yeah. one. And it doesn't even have to be like me giving it to you. I feel like it could also just be as be as easy as me putting it at your doorstep and just knocking and running. Oh, so <laughs> technically you give it. Um, so that's interesting because that's an interesting interpretation. Um, I don't want to have a secret that's going to get my ass kicked. And it's like, you stole my pie? 
that was my birthday pie. And I'm like, oh. Um, maybe there's something interesting here. It's like there are people who will willingly, you know, bring up the thing they've done that caused harm. Um, or the, just the secret that they have. Like, I really don't. I really, I told you I loved your shoes and I really hate them. And then we have like the element of the people who try and like skate by. And I just had a thought of like the consequence of making a secret thing and not giving it genuinely like to someone, um, which kind of ties back into the don't trade your, don't give away your secret because there's a consequence. What if the way that you know if your offering was like pure and sincere is the next day, if the donut holes taste sweet, it's like a, a nice way to start your year. But if they don't taste sweet, they taste like off. Something's wrong with them. For the rest of the year, the superstition is sweets won't taste good to you. What if it's a little scarier than just not tasting sweet? What if like you bit into the donut hole and then you just you taste paper and you take it the paper out and it's actually like it's what you your secret was. That is scary as hell. <laughs> that is very scary. I love that. Especially if you do it like like the way I said it, where it's like anonymous. It's like, who the hell? It, it, it's definitely supernatural. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. So like we have like tons of secrets being confessed, like like you guys have mentioned before, like a confession of love, a confession of like, you know, vanity or things of that nature. And then that like imagine if you didn't confess to that person. And then for the rest of the year, every suite you open <laughs> reminds you that you didn't. Oof, that is heavy. So the superstition is um, if you don't you don't offer your secret genuinely, um, it will haunt. It will will. I don't want to say haunt you, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, it basically does haunt you. I mean, I guess like uh, that could have like ramifications where you don't trust people who don't like sweets. It's oh, just like why? What? Don't you like <laughs> that's that's pretty good but what if you genuinely don't like sweets <laughs> i know they get lumped into that category uh, like, oh, like i don't trust you you're not a genuine person the superstition and like the misconception i kind of like the purity of it all like the, the bits where you're just like telling people the the things that hold the things that weigh you down and at the end of the year you start off fresh and new like that's very very cool hey folks don't worry, I won't be keeping you long since this is the mint roll. Probably just as much time as you'd give your mail person dropping off that sweet Christmas merch you've been buying. Speaking of packages, we do have merch you can buy to support the show. You'll find it linked in our episodes and on our website. Just click the red bubble icon on the top right of our banner. Since it's the holiday season, our schedules are a bit more crunchy than normal. Don't worry. That doesn't mean we won't be releasing episodes. It just means that sometimes you'll get cool bonus content like this that we keep in our back pocket for rainy days. All right, let's get back to the show. So right now, we are at the 43-minute mark of our recording. And I think a, this, this is a good opportunity to let's go a little into a little more detail of the cryptid. So we know what they do, which is... The cryptid's goal is to steal secrets, right? Steal secrets or trade your secrets. Yeah, just obtain secrets, I feel like. is Oh, obtain secrets. Good. Okay. Yeah, in any way. So if that's get, be it, someone giving it to it, the cryptid, that's fine. Or mm. it, stealing it, that's fine too. Stealing, giving, whatever that ends up being. The, the cryptid's goal is to take secrets. The superstition. Let's say when does it when does the cryptid show up? Does it show up after you've all these people have already met with their family? Does it show up during the ceremony, the festival? Does it show up the next day? Like what do we think? Shows up secretly. I'm thinking like uh like I th it's like a threat kind of thing, right? Where if you don't do this then it will mm -hmm. show up. Like, I feel like just having iconography of it and just the looming thread of it, like, it'll show up in that month once the moon goes away. And then kind of it's like there's just the looming thread. It's like you don't want to see this thing. Um, but there can be like someone who's like dressing as it or representing as it or something. But I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. OK. I love it as a threat. That's very cool. I also like um, the idea of it trying to blend in, you know, so, yeah, you know how like uh 
uh, who's the platinum dragon? What's his name? Like, you know how he disguises himself as an old man on the road with canaries, like something like that. But mm, so it's like a cryptid in disguise. So yeah, so you know that if you see this tall, dark man who does not speak, it's the cryptid. It's like tall, shadowed figure. Hmm. Okay. So do we have any thoughts on what kind of creature this cryptid is? Or do we, or is like the idea of keeping it more vague, more interesting? Because like everyone has their own interpretations. I think it should have some, something that makes it like, uh, like something that makes it inspired to itself, you know, Mm -hmm. like something that stands out about it. But I think it would be like, like maybe it's always got like a, a cow skull or whatever, like something, but everything else about it is very vague. Okay. Um, I have a bold suggestion, mostly because it's an aesthetic that I absolutely love biblical angels they're spooky they're scary they're weird (laughs) and they're definitely memorable (laughs) i was thinking that so i'm glad you said something yes that's our vibe we know it (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why i was just like thinking uh to like uh jason or like you know from the horror movies or mike myers you know they have that soundtrack that's so iconic that you're like, oh, that's them, right? Yeah. I was thinking like a noise-based thing that would signify the cryptid. And I kind of want it to be like a shushing. Like a... Ooh, that's spooky. And it's just like, it could be... And that could go play into the pranks of the little kids. Of going behind, sneak up behind somebody and like shushing them. And it freaks them out because they're like, oh, the cryptid's behind me. I like that. So it's like they did... One of the most notable things about them is the sound that comes before its appearance, like a shh. Oh, that's spooky. Yeah. Like you feel the presence and then you hear just the slight shh. And it's just like, oh, oh, shit. Yeah. And that's like kids like shushing each other. Oh, my God. That's funny. And that could be like a thing that happens to quiet the, the like, say, if there's a crowd or a gathering during this kind of New Year's festival thing at the end to tie it yeah. up in a bow. Yeah, sounds super important for Fear Factor. Like, if you turn the sound off on horror games, they're not that scary. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. Um, so we have this, like, formless being that there's a shushing sound that always precedes it. What are things that all of you immediately think about when someone says, like, secret or spy or, like, watching? Because, like, that's the kind of... The thing is, like, this thing wants your secrets, and things that know your secrets are usually things that watch you very closely. That's, like, where my brain goes immediately. Mm. I think too much of Odin. So ravens, maybe? Okay. Oh, so, like, maybe an element of this is, like, animals that are part of the whole experience. Maybe it's because of your picture, but owls, because when you were just saying watching, I was thinking, like, big eyes, like an owl, and then Mm. I see Hootie, and I'm like, uh... (laughs) God. Spooky evil owls. Nice. Not evil, but like, you know, mischievous. Yeah, that shush instead of hoot. And the owls make terrifying sounds. Oh, and when owls fly, they maybe because owls are generally silent when they fly, but maybe it's like that's where the shushing sound thing came about is like someone had a chill down their neck and they felt something fly by and it's like a bird, right? So we have animals. What kind of we want to do it? Are we sold on owls? Do we like owls? I like owls, yeah. Okay, spooky owls. Maybe a feature of it is just eyes, because owls are like, they have the big eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they got like extra eyes somewhere. That's very um, biblical angel. Too many eyes. There you go. <laughs> what, what makes these uh, owls stand out is they have compound eyes. Compound eyes? What does that mean? It's what bugs have, you know, like the... Oh, the, that's uh... so gross and scary. I love it. Ah, ah. <laughs> Don't like that. Don't like that. Take that back. <laughs> it's written. It's in the document. <laughs> Just would have rather have eyes all over its bodies. And that's kind of how like that. leans into the biblical <laughs> angel aesthetic where there's just way too many eyes. Ugh, spooky. Gross. They have eyes for all of your secrets. Do they gain an eye for every secret told that they know? Ooh, I have a thought. Um, so what if the region where this superstition came about, right? I kind of love the idea that we're not describing the cryptid anymore, but we're describing all the things that make people think there is a cryptid. (laughs) 
So the owls with these compound eyes, right? What if at this time of year, the way the light hits the eyes of specifically owls makes them look that way, but the rest of the year, they just look like normal owl eyes. But like the owls just live here, right? Always watching. Yeah, so something about this month makes the owls... The lack of the moon. Looks like they have way too many eyes. And the scariest part is when you actually do encounter an owl that has way too many eyes. You don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> oh, that's so scary. Um, okay, so the owls are about. They're just present this time of year. They're preceded a shushing sound. Anything else we can think of that's spooky? Um, I kind of like the idea that like we had mentioned before that... Well, Dan had mentioned before, like the he said it was Finnish. Oh, I think it's Welsh. I don't know the Mary Lloyd. Mm, Welsh. Yes, the this the Welsh the Welsh carol, caroling skull deer thing. An element of that that I kind of enjoyed was like, if you see it, you have to do this thing to make it go away. What if uh-huh. we take that element of like this? If you see one, you have to do something to make it go away, and we apply it to these weird owls with many eyes. So, like, what could you do? Tell it your most damning secret. Jeez. Because you could have a person that just goes, like, I, you know, I had a crush on so-and-so. Or, you know, just go list down, like, things. And it just gets closer and closer until it finally mentions that, like, I killed Thomas, you know, or whatever nonsense. I pushed him down the well. So, I like the idea yeah. that, like, you give it a, you have to give it a secret and the owl imparts judgment if the secret is... Worthy. But then again, like... We also have this superstition of, like, don't give away your secrets, right? Yeah, so we're supposed to be guarding them. So maybe, like, a a speak no evil kind of thing where you have, there's, like, a, you have to put your hands over your mouth or something. Like, there's, like, a a tactile aspect of it. Mm. I kind of like that, too, um, because it is a little more um, inclusive, just for, like, not everybody (laughs) can speak. Um, So, like, having this kind of tactile thing that, you know, a, a lot more people can do is really nice. Mm-hmm. What if you make eye contact with them? You just like if like you make long enough eye contact, you start sputtering your secrets. You just start talking more and more. Ooh, don't look them in the eyes. That's spooky. So if you cover your mouth when you see them, they will leave. I kind of, I kind of want to say, what if it's instead of covering your mouth, um, maybe it's like close your eyes so they. They can't like hypnotize you to spill your secrets, but also like stick your tongue out in kind of like in reference to like say, I would rather have you take my tongue than tell you my secrets. Ooh, that's pretty. Nice. And it's that's it's, and it's oh, it's like a little kid though, closing your eyes and sticking your tongue out. There's something very childish in that too. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, because I literally just did that. And I was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's say this. I think either might I think in this situation either could work, right? You cover your mouth, they leave, but it takes longer. But if you close your eyes and stick out your tongue, they leave faster. Though I'm I'm not a huge fan of like the um the the compulsion aspect of it, but that could easily just be a superstition. Um mm-hmm. don't look them in the eyes or you'll spill the beans. Um is what I just wrote down in my book here. So, I like all of this. This is all very very cool and fun. We have spooky owls with too many eyes that try to pry your secrets out of you, according to superstition. Again, it doesn't necessarily have to be true, and different cultures in Esperon can interpret this in many different ways, as we kind of landed on with the druids and, like, the rings. Like, the rings of a tree and the notes and things like that. We know that the next day, if you've genuinely offered your secret to, and made amends, um, or made an made a, a true and honest effort to make amends, that the donut holes tomorrow will taste good, will taste sweet for you, or good, so to speak. Not It doesn't necessarily have to be sweet. Because if you don't like sweet things, that's also not fair. I mean, do we want to tie the cryptid into the next day? Because like um, Dan had brought up is like you, the idea of like there are signs of this thing and you don't want to see it. Um, do we like the idea that maybe like uh, okay, this is a little darker, but if you have a secret that has been weighing on you especially heavy, when you look at an owl, the owl will have too many eyes to for just you. Or is it like a, this is a thing about all the owls? I do like it being specific to someone who has like a really heavy secret. Mm-hmm. I like that. Especially if you're not really aware that you're keeping the secret or like it's kind of just a latent thing you didn't realize is as big as it is. And then you see an owl with too many eyes and you're like, oh crap what is it oh no and i kind of like the idea that like if you provide any indication of it too like 
someone else could notice that you're freaked out by the owls, which in an in a, a, a imperfect world, it could become very volatile very quickly, but it also could be like a community healing thing. Like, oh man, I noticed Jim down the street is really freaked out by owls this year. Um, let's help, let's help them, you know? And this is in reference to if they're, uh, if the donut hole doesn't taste good. Well, so I'm thinking like leading up to the fest, leading up to the finale of it, right? Because the whole point mm. of this is to take the weight off your shoulders and make amends and heal, right? Because that's like the mm. new year, you're starting fresh. So if along the way you see these bad owls, you know you need to act. I was thinking of my the idea that I said where the next day, if you did it right, it tastes good. But if you did it wrong, your secret is inside the donut hole. But what if we took that a step further and... Um, instead uh well that happens but also that's like a precursor where when you see the person that secret is about it might compel you to just shout it out um is this in reference to the owls no it's in reference to the day after to know if you did it right if you did it wrong you bite into your donut hole and find the paper or a paper of the secret and then if you see the person that the secret is about or pertains to you would be compelled to say it to them hmm so if you've made amends your donut hole will you said like it'll taste good it'll just it'll, it'll taste amazing because you know you feel better about it yeah um i like the idea of it like make amends or like attempting to um and you mentioned maybe finding maybe that's where the piece of paper comes in yeah well, that has the your secret on it and i don't know if this if we're making this like a holiday about the new year and trying to make amends maybe it's like i said uh if you see the person and the and you try talking to them you'll like be compelled to say that secret mm -hmm. to just air it out in front of them and so you know then it becomes like either you do that so when you get the paper, you're like, oh, crap, I got to stay away from this person or else I'm going to tell them the secret. And in honesty, I don't really want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Again, which goes to the idea of like, you know, if you see someone avoiding sweets the next day, you know that something's wrong. Yeah. Which which also creates an opportunity to try and make amends. Yeah. Um, I, so there's maybe there's a bit of finality in this so that if this does happen to you, right? And you have you have the thing that's weighing upon your shoulders, and you realize this. You have one day to fix it, to like go through the motions that you should have went through last night. Because by the end of this day, there's a part of me that is like, what if sweets taste bad for the rest of the year? Um, so there's kind of like a bit of extremism into it to like encourage people to you know work with each other, heal together, and like actually move forward yeah to move yeah. forward and then you have someone who doesn't really care because they don't like sweets anyway what if it like the sweets magically tasted good for you even if they did it was like what if you love what if you love savory spicy food and you bite into the sprinkle covered donut and it is like the spice the the most delicious tamale you've ever had in your life and you're like that's wild it's like it tastes good specifically for you, not necessarily like what a donut should taste like or a donut hole. Or just like whatever you perceive as the best donut hole, which, you know, could be a spicy tamale flavored donut hole. Yeah, I mean, OK, even though they look just like like a plain, plain one. Yeah, I like that. My notes here is this, if you do, the donut hole tastes like the perfect treat for you. Okay, this is this is shaped up into something really cool, and we're coming right up to an hour, which is great. Um, so does anyone right now have any like concepts or thoughts or things like that we'd want we you'd like to add? Um, for a brief summary of what we got, we have a holiday tradition where a community comes together, they bake donuts, they have a festival, they bake these donuts, and they put their secrets in them. Not necessarily written, it's very much a spiritual thing. And the other piece of the festival is there's these kind of fun ring-based games, Two Truths and a Lie, um, these little ring cakes that the, the children go around to collect in kind of a, a competition to find the moon, which represents, you know, the whole superstition of why the moon is gone in the first place. Um, 
And then we have kind of a handing off of your secrets, your burdens, your the things that weigh you down, specifically to the people that are involved with them at the end of the year. So like the community has this whole effort to heal and help each other and get past their own problems. Um, we have a cryptid whose essential superstition is that it steals or tries to take your secrets or compels you to move past them, which is scary as hell because it's an owl with lots of eyes. But it's also there's also a bit of a goodness to it because it's trying to help you get past this these things, right? We have the consequences as if you don't offer up your secret, you can lose something that's tied to that secret on the day after. Your donut holes will taste bad and be bad for the rest of the year. If your secrets are especially bad during the festival, you will see that owls now have many eyes for you to kind of tell you that this secret is genuinely something you need to get past. We have that these the cryptid is kind of ushered in by these shushing sounds, and it's kind of this mythical figure that tries to blend in and take your secrets from you, but no one knows what the figure looks like, so it adds this kind of spoopiness to it um is there anything else that comes to mind that you guys would like to toss into the the batter <laughs> so to speak uh i was thinking of like a i have written down here carol like ring around the rosy um there's no more than that written down unfortunately but like like i guess like there could be a like some carols associated with it about rings that are slightly mm. spooky so ring-based carols um yeah I like that. So maybe that, ooh, this is spooky, but I just imagine Kin singing the carol instead of knocking on doors <laughs> and you open the yeah. door. Oh, oh, absolute amazing. We forgot the musical part of a holiday. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and we've taken the musical part and given it to, to spooky children asking for secrets. <laughs> how more? How cozy is that, Twitter? I hope it's cozy enough for you. We made it full of donuts. My partner will be so proud. She loves donuts. Absolutely loves donuts. <laughs> and she's allergic to gluten, so she can't eat them. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so we were talking about names. What do we think? I'm going to be honest. When I usually make names for towns, I just go through a random name generator and then fuss them up. Oh, for towns. I, uh, for, for this holidays? town. Or for, oh, for the holiday, Yes. I thought yeah. because we were kind of no. building up this kind of metaphorical town that celebrates it, but it could also be just the name of the holiday. Um, okay, cool. All I have written down is uh, New Moon's Day and New Moon's Eve because I was like, oh, that makes sense because No Moon is a new moon and it's a new year. And I was like, Ooh, there you go, man. But New Moon's Eve is kind of cool. It has that like All Hallows Eve kind of vibe too. Yeah. Also, I was like trying to make clandestine work somehow. Like, uh, um, oh, like clandestine, like the clandestine. yeah, yes. Let's look up what that word means. Oh, <laughs> I know what it means. I like vaguely know what it means, but I'm looking at the words on Google. Oh, yeah. Secret or done secretively, especially because it's illicit. Okay, yeah, and something about it does feel right, but I'm just like, I can't make it sound good in anything. Look, we can just take the word clandestine and add a bunch of weird apostrophes and call it an Elvish holiday. <laughs> Clandestinacht. <laughs> uh, Wait, no, that's not very Elvish, is it? That almost sounded German. <laughs> it does. Clandestinacht. <laughs> that's interesting, mm -hmm. though. I like how that sounds. I like this. I like the mouthfeel. What are we think? What are we thinking, gang? Uh, for the name of the holiday. Yes. So we have all moons, all moons Eve, or or New Moons Eve, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Secret Harvesting Festival. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say like hallowed moon's eve or something. Ooh, this the Rob to play on yours a little, the secret harvest. Oh, that sounds like grim. I like that maybe this holiday has a bunch of different names that people call it, like Ben depending on where you're from. Um what did, what was it that you said, Sunjay? Hallowed Moon's Eve. Ooh, I just have one. The silent eve. Cause the shushing sound. Owl's night? Hmm. Clandest knocked. <laughs> I love how that comes. Wait, why did Google correct to that? What does that mean? I tried to type it out like phonetically and it. Is that a song? Please tell me it's not a song. It did. Oh, wow. Clandest. It didn't come up with any documents for me. Yeah. So this is for in my Google Docs. It auto corrected to C L A N D E S N A C H T. But when I try and translate it, it doesn't actually come out to anything tangible. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, because clandest isn't necessarily a German word. No, 
Not at all. <laughs> nope. Well, I, I like that it doesn't actually, you know, grift from any real things like languages or cultures. That's very cool. Um, mm. So I'm going to read off this list and I think we can pick the top three. Um, how's that sound? Because like different people will have different names for it. Because like you'll have a name for kids. You'll have a name for people who have been around and seen the holiday a lot. Um, so here's what's on the list. New Moon's Eve. Um, Secret Harvest. Hollowed Moon's Eve, The Silent Eve, Hollow's Night, and Clandest Knocked. Or did any of those scream to you? Who did Secrets? I'm sorry, what was the secret one again? The Secret Harvest. Rob, well, Rob had said secret. Harvest of Secrets, or is that what you said, I believe? I said uh, Secrets Harvest, Harvest Festival. I love the Secret Harvest. I yeah. like that. Okay, and so let's go Secret Secrets Harvest Festival. That's cool. I like the idea of... Uh... Clendish not be like some traditionalist, like the original language it came from or whatever. Ooh, okay. Yeah. The original name. So it has like this kind of old, harsher feel to it. So the the last like name, I kind of like think that this being in threes. We have New Moon's Eve, Hollowed Moon's Eve, The Silent Eve, or Hollow's Night. Hollow's Night feels a little Halloween-y. I think it should be something that includes the moon since half the holiday revolves around it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll strike Hollow's Night for sure. Oh, yeah, the other two names don't have anything about the moon in them. So we have New Moon's Eve, um, Hollowed Moon's Eve, Silent Eve that we will strike out. Which one do y'all like better? New Moon's Eve is a pretty good one. Enemy. Enemy. Phonetically. Yeah. Enemy. <laughs> Enemy. <laughs> I kind of like that because then it can. <laughs> if your confession is a little too spicy, you might make an enemy. Oh, my God. Ha <laughs> Puns. All right, cool. I like this. So we have made New Moon's Eve, also known as the Secrets Harvest Festival, and the OG name, Clandishnacht, the New Year's celebration of secrets and removing burdens from who you were this past year and helping you become the person that you want to be free of the weight and burdens of the secrets that you hold. Love it. Do we have any last parting words for the audience? We're right up at our wrap-up time, so woohoo! We made it. We've made a holiday, everybody. We did it. New moon, new me. <laughs> uh, Hashtag. That is, that is a future saying for this. <laughs> it's on the wizard grind. What is the title? It's, it's a title. It's the title of this episode. New moon, oh, new me. Yes! <laughs> um, I'm changing the name of my document time? right now. <laughs> yes this is amazing okay awesome um do we have any last words for the audience maybe what be wary of owls with compound eyes compound eyes oh <sighs> uh, we should definitely end the uh the episode with a, a loud shush Shh. yeah all right everybody oh wait hold on dan plug if you wish plug your goodies uh. Oh, I plugged it in earlier. It's full of charge now. Uh, that was... All right. Everyone, you got to say shush at the same time because that pun was too good. <laughs> Three, two, one. Shh. It was only me? Hold I did on. it, but I it might, didn't pick me up. My sound, my sound <laughs> is all messed up, man. No, this I, is I was too quiet. I was still going. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Oh, that was amazing. All right. Good night. Good night, everybody. Stay safe. See you soon. Hey, hey, thank you for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed that little bit of player-led world building. As a DM, it always gets me really excited to let the players just dig in and sculpt some of the places they'll be visiting. So, you know, it's as much their story and their experience as it is mine, and they get to make some cool shit that I would probably never think of. If that's not your thing, well, good news. We're returning to our regular scheduling next week with another episode of The Gilded Lily. Stay safe, and see you soon.
It's a shush. It's a shush. <laughs> I'm a normal owl, sir. I don't know. I was thinking, like, if, if, um, hold on, I had the thought, and the thought is gone. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, the thought's back, the thought's back. Okay, cool. Um, I'm happy with the, the kind of ground we've tread here. Um, are all of you satisfied? Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, I like yeah. this. What's the name of it? Oh, I don't know. Now, we could come up with a name or we could let it be. But one thought that did come to mind, we had um, James D'Amato from the One Shot Network come on our show. And me and Carolina sat down with him and played two games from his world building guide. One of them was Five Factions, where we made a bunch of pirate factions. And beautifully enough, I'm. it's wild that we've landed right here. Um, we played a town called Quest Over Country, or a game called Quest Over Country, where we made a town. And the town ultimately ended up being, um, I shit you not, it didn't occur to me until I got up and walked away, an old nostalgic town that feels run down and is full of good vibes. But the thing about the town is that it only shows up literally in place at a certain time of year. And you tell stories around the fire and the people of the town will take your secrets from you. <laughs> and it's absolutely Wait. wild that we just did a whole episode on this and I didn't realize until two minutes ago. <laughs> oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> We, we like came up with a very loose concept of a town that has some kind of festival where you tell stories and they t and they, the town collects secrets. And then we've just made up the entire holiday that makes that town work by accident. <laughs> That's too perfect. It's, it, I literally, I could, I came to this session with moon, secrets, new year. That's it. And then realized in retrospect. <sighs> Storytelling is magical. <laughs>